0: we set the scene for the people out there?
1: Um, before we do that... Hey, alright. Welcome to the five-year anniversary episode of the Better Yet Podcast. I am Tim Crisp. I am the host of this podcast, and I am absolutely thrilled... To be sitting in a room with my guest for this illustrious episode, Julius Steiner, Rat Boys, better yet, Hall of Fame. Yes. Hello. Dude, it's so good to see you. So good to see you, too. Oh, my God. This
0: is my first time uh, doing anything like this with another human being, in a room in a very long time. I feel like the same is true for you.
1: Here's a funny thing yeah. about that. The last time that I did one of these with someone in the room was with you.
0: Yeah, was it? Yeah, at your old apartment. Mm-hmm. Damn, <laughs> things have changed. <laughs> things have changed.
1: Um, it's so, God, it's just so great to have you out here
0: Thank you for having us. Well, Dave's upstairs, but thank you for having me here. Yeah, I, uh, I've i been lo- really looking forward to seeing your new spot out here in Indiana.
1: Indiana. We're um, not too far from your old stomping ground, South Bend.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Um, you you two are, aside from uh, a quick visit right after we moved from our friends who were passing through town, um and Jamie's family a couple weekends ago. Y'all are the first real guests that we've had.
0: Hell yeah. I'm honored. I want to I want to come back again soon and do the do the thing like, you know, where we where we grill. Where I want to take that riding mower of yours for a spin out back. <laughs> I've never ridden one of those things. That's been a dream of mine. So, we'll have to we'll have to plan that in advance.
1: I did have a thought to like put it out in the yard for y'all to see. But, you know, I don't... I That would hurt the grass. And I gotta think about that grass more than I think about looking cool in front of my friends.
0: True, and that's hard. Mm -hmm. So I respect you.
1: So, Julia, in terms of this podcast, and I've been thinking about this, what comparison is there for someone like yourself in terms of the world of of better yet. And I think that the one that I landed upon is either Cy Young or Rick Flair. Wow. You've been on this is your sixth appearance on the podcast. Fuck. It's true. That's I insane. I looked back and that's a that's a number that I just don't think is going to ever be topped, just with the way things have changed yeah since I started the thing five years ago.
0: Damn. Well, I'm extremely honored to be in that, like, rarefied air, you know what I mean? Um, I hope I've told you this enough, but I'm just a massive fan of the pod, so to get to return several times is honestly like a huge joy for me because I get so much enjoyment and you know like consistent like steady pleasure from listening to these episodes Uh, so hopefully hopefully people out there enjoy it you know enjoy me being here (laughs) and if not sorry because I'm back so well Uh.
1: this is this is something that I that I've told you before too in fact i i think we talked about it when i was on the twitch show yeah the the virtual tour that
0: was super fun yeah by the way thank you for coming on did i do okay i, I thought bad. you did great
1: yeah it's weird not being able to like see I yourself know. on the screen yeah we
0: still haven't figured that out yeah well and at least it wasn't six in the morning like the telethon we forced <laughs> you to come on at an extremely insane hour
1: I slept through that uh, yeah I did like, um, and I was debating about bringing this up, but you know, when you had me on the virtual tour, you mentioned something about, uh, you may recognize, you may recognize Tim from the videos that he made for our telethon. Yes. We played those super late and I was like, I'm like, Jesus, like we were just talking about the bit that I have about being low on the bill. (laughs) <laughs> and now here you are saying you just buried those videos we interspersed we
0: interspersed them so cuz you sent like six or something five or six i didn't have much to do i well, mean no. i had a lot to do i had a lot
1: to do Yeah, i didn't do any of it because i spent a lot of time
0: doing that doing that yeah. which was for anyone who missed this tim and hadley tim's beautiful pup mm-hmm. read aloud uh excerpts from the exorcist and what we did was we interspersed them throughout the night so it was kind of like anyone who was watching the entire time which weirdly enough there were like five people who watched it the entire time with us would see there would be like a little through line there so and it was perfect because those videos were actually pretty short they were like a minute each Mm -hmm. so whenever we needed like something that was what we put in and it it worked out it created such an air of suspense (laughs) of macabre throughout the production
1: um so uh, what what were what were we on before i took us off on that on that tangent virtual tour um fuck but
0: six times
1: six times and the thing that i was going to say Mm -hmm. and it's it's a memory that's very firmly implanted was starting to do the podcast and uh my good friend terry has always been my like one of my most trusted barometers and he said to me after that episode went up the first one that we did episode 11 he was like that's the podcast. That's the nice. best one that you've done. The whole thing was just where it should be. And I was like, cool. Good to know. Cuz I went in like, you know, and I it took me a little bit of time I think to find my footing doing the thing. And I was like, I felt that way too. Mm. But that uh that affirmation from Terry was definitely uh, good timing and something that i i still think about
0: that's awesome i yeah that is really cool to hear and it's i mean that's relatively pretty damn early to hit your stride you know what i mean 11 episodes in like some of my favorite shows the whole first season like you know first 20 episodes fucking suck and it's like oh <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean like sometimes it takes a long time so Yeah, I feel like personally, as a fan from the outside looking in, it seemed like you had a pretty, a pretty tight vision or like at least like a grasp on like the tone and how you wanted to structure the conversations and things like that. Like, I appreciate that so much because that's the one thing that kind of scares me away from starting big projects. Is like I want the vision to be like fully realized from the beginning. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you got to just dive in and like figure shit out as you go and trust that you will and that people will listen back to the beginning and not care. That yeah. it wasn't all figured out. But with you, I was like, Oh, that's that's what this is. And like even the hey all right thing at the beginning and all that, like it seemed kind of like uh all there, <laughs> which is awesome.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that kind of fell into place with just doing it and just being like, Oh shit, I gotta say the same I gotta say something at the beginning. You gotta
0: have a catchphrase. Right. Yeah.
1: And Things like that just kind of like fell into place, but the idea was germinating for so long. Yeah. And I just finished making a zine for our Patreon, patreon.com slash better yet podcast. Um, and that took me so long because I spent so much time just like thinking about yeah. what I want it to be. Finally finish it. I feel great about that. Nice. Awesome. So... I, I guess since we've got our five-year celebration that we're doing here, we, we should talk about the 10-year celebration that yeah. y'all just did for the anniversary of the Rat Boy EP.
0: Yes, <laughs> our band.
1: Our band. Um, and you re-recorded it with Marcus and Sean Mm -hmm. And tell me about doing, like, where does the idea come in? Because things like that, they can be, uh, I think that they can be interpreted with a little bit of cynicism. But I think the way that y'all did it was so just full force. You're really committed to doing something that was, I think, justified.
0: That's good to hear. I'm glad it didn't come off as us being like too self-indulgent or like schmaltzy or whatever, but I can be like wildly sentimental, especially Mm -hmm. about numbers and anniversaries. And I'm just a very nostalgic person. And so sometimes I need to be reined in uh, from those instincts. But Mm -hmm. in this case, I've always, for some reason, I've just always like looked toward 2021, knowing that it would be like this 10 year anniversary, not only of Uh, when we put out our first music for Rat Boys or Rat Boy back then. But like our first show was that year. And like Mm -hmm. that was the year that I met Sean. And uh, we played like, you know, I met so many people who like went on to uh, be like huge creative inspirations for me and like some of my closest friends that summer. And so I always knew that I wanted to like, that I personally would love to commemorate that in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so like, I had had the idea for a while to re-record the EP songs, like those 5 songs, cuz like when Dave and I made them uh just the two of us, like I don't know, we definitely weren't going after like a full band sound and it was just the two of us like we didn't have a full band, so mm. we kind of just did what it was very scrappy like just did whatever we wanted, had no idea what we were doing, but over the years we've kind of uh developed like some full band vibes, you know?
1: absolutely
0: the chemistry so so yeah it's uh that was always in like some of this like the stanza of that song we've been playing as a band ever since so like mm-hmm. we've had like a very solid full band arrangement of that song specifically i always wanted to record it so anyway the original plan was to just release to re-record those five songs and then release that on the a side with the original ep on the b side mm. um to celebrate the 10 years But then when COVID happened, we all of a sudden had even more time on our hands Mm -hmm. to, like, do whatever. And so we had these five other songs from around that same time period when we put out the EP in college. And we were like, oh, like, these could, like, these deserve some, like, you know, gussying up or whatever, too. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, we just had all this extra time. So we were like, oh, we could just record, like, a full-length record. Like, if we're going to press... Uh, a 12 inch album like it would be so sick if we could fill that with like all new new and quote quote quote-unquote material so like uh it felt really good and we just kind of dove into this uh we recorded it in like august september october of last year Uh and uh had so much fun we did a lot of it at home which was really sick that's
1: gotta be nice
0: yeah it honestly kind of felt it like reminded me of the original experience like recording and in 2011 Mm -hmm. uh just because we weren't up against like any studio time or like we weren't on a deadline at all we were just like messing around (laughs) in our basement so yeah it was really cool
1: and i mean with the zine that you did yeah you really did a fully immersive experience of going Thank you. back into that time you
0: helped me with that tim i did anyone who hasn't checked out the zine i got a, i got like 40 copies at home i could mail you one but <laughs> tim and i had a chat and that's like the beautiful like center of that's the core of the zine so it's it's it a great interview
1: there's a lot of uh great photos in there too and yeah that was a fun interview to do because it was a little bit a little bit different than the other ones that we've done.
0: Yeah, well, I basically called you and I was like, hey, I need you to ask me questions about this so that I can like say these things out loud and transcribe it because yeah. otherwise I wouldn't have known how to write it down. So you <laughs> helped. It was like the vessel. It was beautiful, but... That zine was like what you're talking about. Like sometimes you think too much about it instead of getting started. Like for mm. weeks and weeks I was like, Oh yeah, and I'm gonna make a zine too. Like, trust me, top zine. shelf. Like I'm definitely <laughs> gonna make this zine that's gonna come out with it too. And then finally they were like, Where is the zine? And I was like, Oh fuck, I gotta like make this zine And so but then I made it in like two days. Right. It was so dumb. It's doesn't like It doesn't look like you made it in two days. That's look. very nice of you. I worked yeah. really hard on it for like two days. Like really hard on it for two days. But yeah. And then it took a while to figure out how to print it. That's a whole other debacle but anyway (laughs) but no the interview that was like I'm very grateful that you did that and that you care at all about the project because yeah that was the whole 10-year thing kind of turned into this like behemoth like thing but at the same time like we had nothing else going on this spring so Mm -hmm. it kind of worked out because we could like plan our spring around that and like just gave us something to celebrate gave us an excuse to rehearse a ton and you know Look back and enjoy, you know, yeah. just appreciate where we've been and how it, how we got here. So.
1: I feel like y'all have done a really good job with everything that's happened in the past year of setting up things like that so that you have something to work towards and look forward yeah. to just with the telethon and the release and the fucking live set that you did at shubas Oh yeah. So cool, so fun. Thanks. Um I wanted to ask about this is this is a great opportunity that I have here cuz I get to go back and kind of ask some of the questions that I wanted to ask then or <laughs> now that I have like a little bit of distance from it like ah yes. There is this other narrative thread that I see developing but <laughs> Hell yeah. You made that EP with Dave, who you met on your first day at college mm-hmm. at Notre Dame, and, and and you went to Notre Dame, which was a big thing for... You, you're fam, right? Yeah. You're all Notre Dame people. On my
0: dad's side, yeah.
1: I'm really putting this over to my dad because my dad hates Notre Dame.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. Why? You is know, he a Michigan just, fan? Or? No, he's, a, well, Indiana. I see. Um, But he, you know, it's That's like. That's not
0: even a rivalry. That's like. Eh. I think
1: Notre Dame to him is like Dallas Cowboys. You got to. Yeah but
0: oh they're overrated faux show Uh as far as football goes but But
1: did you watch rudy a lot when you were growing up
0: i dreamt about rudy last night how insane is that i did i i didn't watch it like all the time uh but like that was definitely a cultural touchstone in my mind yeah growing up yeah it's like
1: it really turns on the freaking sentiment but I'll take it.
0: I love that stuff. I'm such a sucker for that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I will cry watching movies that aren't even that emotional. You know what I mean? Like, I just love it. I get so wrapped up in, like, a story, like a tale. Mm -hmm. So, it's football. You've always been like that?
1: You've always been, like, I guess the narrative sides of sports really big for you?
0: I I mean, yeah, that's, like, the main reason I love sports. Like, uh, tonight, this White Sox game, um, the starting pitching matchup, the two guys went to high school together. They were on the same baseball team in wow. high school. Yeah. There's just, like, there's things like that that are, like, a human element to the game mm-hmm. that makes it so much more than, like, your stats or who wins. It's, like, about how you feel, how the athletes are, must be feeling while they're playing. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't wrap my head around that. That's something that, like keeps me coming back for more. But, like, that's what Rudy really explores, like, yeah. the you know, the emotion and, like, the internal... <laughs> All of the internal stuff going on and inside. It's kind of be
1: really annoying.
0: Yeah, until oh yeah. You get what you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Persistence. But, but I like
1: that stuff too. I used to. That that was what I would write about for school. Would nice. be like, you know, the game six of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Mark Messier guaranteed that the Rangers would win, and then he scored a hat trick. So sick. Shit like that is. I think to me that's where it all like everything that I'm into now kind of starts from like that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And it's like developed into music and movies and other shit.
0: Totally. No, yeah, that's that's very mm-hmm. true. I think like I my biggest earliest sports memory, this is kind of getting away from Notre Dame, but is uh I think it was Super Bowl 30 in like 2000. Mm-hmm. Um it was like the, so the Rams. Titans and, and the Rams. Titans, yeah, and the guy game. from the Titans, like, last on the last play of the game, the clock was at zero. Literally stretching out his arms as far as they could go. He was, like, five inches from the end yeah. zone. And, like, it was the most dramatic, you know, moment I had seen in my life, sports or not. Yeah. And uh, I was like, whoa, this is, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you that know? stretch is
1: yeah. insane. Just, it was so close. Yeah.
0: And I just I don't know. But it was more than the physical act. It was like, yeah, like all of the emotion and like yearning and god, mm-hmm. it was just so intense. Um but yeah, so I grew up like loving football and then so that was like the Notre Dame backdrop was definitely more, a family tradition, but also like the sports aspect was mm-hmm. part of it too. Did you um, go to as many games as you could? kind of we usually like i went to a couple growing up uh it wasn't like uh like a every year type of thing but...
1: what about in school when you were in school did you go
0: well i went to an all-girls school so we didn't have like the traditional no, football I mean, at notre dame oh i'm sorry where are you going <laughs> my bad um i thought you meant like friday night lights type shit um That would have been sick, but no, I, yeah, no, at school I went to like all the games. Um, Mm. I loved it. I was in the choir at Notre Dame that uh, sang right after the football games in the Basilica. So I had to like leave slightly early from the games. We like had to leave at the beginning of the fourth quarter.
1: But That's amazing.
0: It was great. We always had a very big crowd (laughs) because there were always like a ton of people who went to mass after the games. I didn't
1: know that they go to mass after the game.
0: Yeah. Right after. Yeah. People are weird. (laughs) That's what people like to do, I guess. So I just wanted to sing. And I liked being in that choir because I didn't have to wake up early on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And we always sang to a huge crowd on football Saturdays because everyone went to the mass. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I like singing to a crowd, you know?
1: Yeah. So were you like the, were you the chorus for the like, you know, and then the the deacon would put their hand up and you would like dive in on that? Fuck yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Did all that shit.
1: So you brought a guitar, though, to, yes. to school. What What were your thoughts just with bringing that guitar? Were you, like, hoping to meet somebody that you could play music with? Or were you just like, I like to play guitar in my free time, and I'll just do it in my dorm?
0: More the second thing. I yeah. I think I was hoping to meet someone, but I wasn't, like, hedging all my bets on that. Like... I was very realistic about uh, knowing that there wasn't much of an arts community mm-hmm. at Notre Dame. Um, at least from the outside looking in, that's what it seemed like to me. So, um, But that summer before I started school, um, I talked to Dave very briefly mm-hmm. on the internet. And I knew he was into music. So I knew there was at least one person at school who was into it. And then there were a, cu- a couple other people in that Facebook group where I met Dave, that I also started chatting with that summer who were into music. So I knew going in that there was like a small cohort of like-minded freshmen, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. wanted to play. So, but I didn't bring it like planning to like hang out with them and do that right when I got there. Like it was more so just, I liked having it with me. It was kind of like a comfort object and Mm -hmm. it was just kind of starting to feel confident like writing songs. On my own, and I wanted to keep doing that, so... I was mainly playing to... I was planning to just keep playing alone, <laughs> like, when I got to school, but then, as luck would have it, uh, I was kind of able to, to start playing with other people kind of fast, so...
1: Yeah. It was dope. One of them happened to...
0: Be a freaking genius.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Freaking... And the best homie. Yeah. And, I mean... I feel like that EP. I mean, just in that part alone, mm-hmm. you meet Dave. You start making music together. Just what a trip! Really? Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah truly. Like I, for that to be for Dave to be the first person I ever collaborated with is uh, just I just got insanely lucky because like he has such an interesting mind and like such a unique approach to music. And I think one of the things that uh, I'll often forget is that like he wasn't playing guitar when we met, like he was a bass player. Mm -hmm. And so he kind of like relearned or like learned essentially how to play guitar to like play these songs with me. And uh, his approach, like he, I don't know, we just weren't jaded at all. (laughs) And he like was willing to try anything and, and he had all these friends back home who were just amazing musicians who I got to meet through him, and so right. it was just yeah, a massive change in my life for the better, you know.
1: And we'll get to those people, but I wanna I wanna talk about Dave for a second because I just I had such a kick listening to the re-recordings, yeah. and, I, and I get this sense with everything that y'all do where I can just listen to Dave's guitar and think about how everything is so thoughtful and it's so adept, but it always feels like it's just the thing that he thought to play in that very instant when he had Mm. a little bit of space. Yep. And I love listening to these re-recordings because it's just like, I I know that there's eight takes of Dave doing something different every fucking time.
0: Yep. That's the hardest part about tracking him is that he does a completely different take and there's so much good stuff to do, to work with. And, uh, sometimes he'll play what I think is like the coolest thing I've ever heard. And then I'll be like, that's it. Like press pause. That's the one. And Dave will be like, no, like that, that's not what I wanted to do. And I'm like, dude, (laughs) insane but yeah the hardest thing uh it's not one of the ep songs but that song 88 fingers edward which is kind of like the last track on the album that guitar solo was really really challenging we like really Mm -hmm. pushed dave because it's very long yeah (laughs) it's like 16 bars so that one took a ton of work on his end and i think it's like the best last track because i think that guitar solo is like so triumphant so good (laughs) so i'm really proud of him
1: yeah, and I think just like I think it just ties the whole celebration aspect yeah. of the whole thing together. I'm
0: glad you say that. That's the vibe I get, and that's what I was hoping would come across. So, and and
1: Dave, like you mentioned, comes from this crop of, I guess you know there was there's a way of labeling it as like you know. Nambi's Pancake House, Mm -hmm. or Swerp, um, the thing that I always go to is Easter. Yeah. And that demo, which also same, like...
0: Two weeks after ours. (laughs) That, like, blew my fucking mind.
1: It's still one of my favorite things that's ever been made, ever. Me too.
0: It will always be be that way for me that is like top three releases of all time by anyone Mm -hmm. and just so happens to be someone that we like get to know (laughs) which is yeah uh, just insane to me
1: so you meet just i guess you'd met these people before the ep came out no oh nope so the ep comes out and in april they're all yep. just, it's the south suburbs. Um, you know, anybody who's listening to the show uh, has heard me talk to Kyle from Easter and Special Death, but also Namdi had his house there where he was doing shows in Lansing and Island of Misfit Toys. I know, I know. But there were so oh, many. Oh, there were tons of bands.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a ton of people in that band who were all in other bands. Yeah. I mean, it was just this massive web of people. And like, I, I had met so December that like four months earlier, I came to visit Dave or over Christmas break, and had met a couple of his high school friends then, mm-hmm. who he had been in bands with and stuff. But yeah, I those were the only people I had met so far. And then we put out the EP. And people on Facebook seem to be like kind of nice about it. They're like, Oh, this is great. Whatever. And I was like, Holy shit. This is like, if these people who I think are so cool, like what we're doing, then that's like a good sign. Yeah. But, but yeah, then, uh, got to like meet all those people that summer. Yeah. So it was quite the time. God. (laughs) June, July.
1: Um, one thing that I was thinking about in getting ready to, to talk to you for this just so everybody out here um knows this is the five-year anniversary of the better yet podcast i was gonna do a clip show but then i thought you know what i'm going to do i'm gonna talk to julia we're gonna be in a room and i'm not gonna cut anything yeah so I hope you all are having fun rolling (laughs) with it this week, because I got different notes on different pages. I'm trying to go down to one notebook. Nice. Um, But I remember getting ready to talk to you for the first time, and I was. And I'll say this. There hasn't been a Rat Boys release where I've thought the last one was
0: better that's good damn that's really good
1: every single time it's like oh wow and i guess i get the sense even more now that there's been time between uh gn and printer's devil where i'm like oh this isn't like they took a step up you all fucking jumped on a trampoline up
0: they're pretty different (laughs) yeah yeah and GN was a huge step up from AOID. Thank you. Which was great. Very different. I I hear those three albums just as so different. Like mm-hmm. GN feels very transitional to me, which is not a bad thing. Um, but I was kind of going from, learning, okay, I'm learning how to play the electric guitar to like, oh, wait, I can actually make this sound really like smooth and perfect and like, oh, yeah. wait. And so that's what we were doing. And then with Prince Devil, it's like, fuck that. I want to make it sound like fucking like raw and loud so it's kind of like back again but
1: you told me you wanted it to sound like some 41
0: yes which have you have you reassessed i now that all killer no filler just turned 20
1: oh god cancel this i'm gonna we'll we'll do 20 year all killer (laughs) no filler that'll be the five year anniversary of better yet
0: yeah so many anniversaries 2021 yeah, I
1: definitely hear it in Alien with the sleep mask on just no no no
0: no yeah the down now directly sounds like into deep like faster we're falling down now down now yeah i mean god i fucking love that band i i will always but yeah sometimes it feels good to just like play really loud guitar um i've leaned into that this pandemic too
1: well, I think that that's been a natural progression too. Just yeah, especially with the fucking cemented lineup that y'all have had for I
0: what like four years now. It's been Sean yeah. and Marcus. It's been four years since we started playing with Sean, and he, he's been there throughout. And then we started playing with Marcus in 2017. He like filled in on a tour, so mm-hmm. I wasn't. Uh, expecting him to like stick around but then yeah he ended up being willing to come on multiple tours and we had he wasn't always available so we had a couple other people fill in from time to time but he has been like our ride or die essentially since then and very committed and very creative so we are very lucky to have him involved
1: (laughs) dude marcus joining that band yeah and i will say dude the hall of fame um It will be constructed one day, the Better Yet Hall of Fame, but you and Marcus are are part of that inaugural class. Um, And Marcus, I need to just say for the record, has been supportive of this thing since before it was a thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember very well Marcus coming over to do what was my first, like, attempt at an interview and I was like I don't know why I can't get these microphones to go on at the same level and he's like well maybe that's this one's a compression microphone I'm like I don't know what that is <laughs> Me but uh shout out to Marcus uh he's on my back since day freaking one hell um, yeah but I got to experience Marcus joining that band through <laughs> the Lens of. I've played music with Marcus for years. He's the best drummer, ever, Mm -hmm. and I love rap boys. I love the way Marcus plays drums. Yes, I want it to happen, and Marcus being like, I really want it to happen too.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize that at the time, which is extremely nice, because like he said that in the you know live stream. Doc, or whatever that we made for the 10 year. He was like, I always kind of wanted to join that band. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, that's really sick. Cause we had toured with him. He played in Coaster and we had toured mm-hmm. with Coaster in 2016 uh, down to South by Southwest. And that was the first time that we got to really like hang out with him and like see him play every day. And it was really fun. That was a crazy tour for like other reasons, but, um, yeah, didn't the like, coaster van broke down? Coaster and- van broke down. We had like some crazy experiences, like where we were crashing and it was just insane. Looking back, actually like very wild DIY kind of off the rails. But, yeah. um, but I mean, it was super fun and we ended up, yeah, bonding really hard on that tour. And, uh, kind of yeah just became friends then and started hanging out and then we our former drummer Danny who played on GN who's mm-hmm. like a dear dear friend uh yeah in like April of 2017 was just like hey I my heart's not in this like I want to be up front with you guys and we were like really grateful but also kind of freak we were grateful that he was honest but also freaking out because we had all these tours planned right and so we had to find fill-ins for all the tours and Marcus was down to do a few of them and yeah
1: continues
0: continues to be down which is extremely sick but but yeah so that so yeah with printer devil and with the new record happy birthday rat boy it was very very in my mind important to solidify and show the world that we're like a band playing music now and not just two minds writing quietly together anymore
1: and it just also i think coincides with Y'all are definitely getting louder.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: And, like, Marcus is a punk drummer. Yeah, As much as he wants to think that he's an indie rock drummer. (laughs) Yeah. He's trying to graduate. Mm hmm Fucking please and thank yous.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, going strong.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Which is exciting. Dave Dave
0: just joined that band, so. Yeah. Craziness.
1: He'll learn a lot.
0: Yep. I did. Hell, yeah.
1: It has been... Very exciting to watch your band in a live setting develop. And Marcus and Sean just adding so much and also just seeing, like, the progress that you've made as a louder band. Yeah. And...
0: My voice is still catching up to that. That's something that I'm still uh, working on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just for so many years used to playing very quietly, mm-hmm. even with a band, like playing pretty quietly. And I have a pretty naturally quiet voice. And so yeah. singing voice um, and speaking voice, I guess. But yeah, I so yeah, it's still... It's hard to sing loud and in tune for me, so I'm, like, working on it. But yeah. but it's fun. It's a literally a muscle to stretch, so mm-hmm. it's, like, something I enjoy practicing. And it's cool to sing a song and be like, oh, I did, like, a better job with that than I did a year ago. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's rewarding.
1: Yeah. When you're fucking hitting it and not even thinking about it.
0: Totally, yeah. That's uh, the goal.
1: I... So the first time we talked, AOID was out. I thought it was so good, and I was so excited. I was so excited to talk to you because y'all were hitting. You're big on that post country (laughs) tag, which you you dropped, which I think was smart because literally everything that was written about you for the I first know. half of your band was...
0: I regret it. What's
1: post-country?
0: It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> well, people take you at your word in the music biz. Oh, well, it's
1: true. Yep, you, you I learned g- that. You give a mouse a cookie. <laughs> exactly. As, as we learned at Marcus's wedding. <laughs> um, or yeah. Give a moose a muffin is what it was. Yes. Um, but uh, as a... As a Wilco fan, as someone who grew up with Lucinda Williams and and Steve Earle, hearing, hearing your band was like, fuck, somebody's doing it. Nice. And that was exciting. But I remember getting ready to talk to you and hearing Key for the first time was... And I still think about it every time that I hear it in both versions. It's just this feeling that, you, that I get when I hear a song like that, especially on like a, a demo or, or a first release, where there's this preciousness of, like, there is something happening here. And it's not even just in the song. It's mm-hmm. just the feeling is a lot like in 2001 with the, with the eclipse, you know, Mm. where you see the light around the aura. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, there's something more happening here.
0: That's sick. (laughs) That's really cool. I mean, yeah, that, that song always will remind me of what it feels like to be like 17 and, you know, just, so much of your life ahead of you because um, mm-hmm. yeah i wrote that song literally just about hanging out with my friends <laughs> you know yeah when you're a teenager you don't have that many life experiences to draw from mm-hmm. i mean hopefully so uh yeah it that even now like working on that song again it, it instantly brought me back to that feeling and it made me like really happy
1: yeah i not to make this about me.
0: No, please. We but, must.
1: <laughs> that's I think what's been one of the bigger motivators of, of doing this is that there's there's this preciousness that I think people people in like the world of music that that y'all occupy and where it's you're working so that you can do this. Mm-hmm. And it's harder and harder as the years go by. Right. It's the thing that you want most is for someone writing songs like that to be able to continue to do it.
0: Yeah. And get better. Totally, yeah. Just to have the opportunity to keep growing and doing it without, like, cynicism. Because like, you kind of mentioned, like, it's easy to get cynical around you know, like, as you're getting older, or, like, as you're looking back at your younger self, Um, I feel lucky that somehow I've managed to, like, I still enjoy, like, our old music. I don't think we could have done this project if, like, straight up, if we had been just, like, cringing, you know, the whole time through, mm-hmm. but, like, really, I don't know. I've always been, like, kind of an earnest person, so, and yeah. a lot of these early songs are, like, <laughs> pretty earnest, so I... I feel like I've grown and developed and, like, changed as a musician, but at the same time, I still feel very, like, you know, like, validated by those early songs. So, uh, yeah, that is the exact goal, though, is to be able to keep going and hopefully keep writing songs like that, or at least writing songs that, you know, honor that feeling of just being yourself and being carefree, so... It it is it does get harder and as you get older you do have more life experiences and it's i find myself gravitating a lot toward writing more like sad songs <laughs> so it's like yeah hard to you want to balance everything out uh don't want to become just like a depressing mess but uh yeah it's it's nice to have those early songs to listen back to to remind myself like oh this is like how you can feel
1: yeah I mean, I think that there's still always going to be joy. Yes, in the always. sad shit,
0: and in creation. That's like it. Yeah. You're always going to feel great making something. Yeah, even if, and if if it is sad, it, it's it's a release, and that there's always going to be joy in the release too. So, yeah, I, it's mainly it's not even me worrying about being sad. It's I don't want to make other people sad. You know what I mean? Uh huh. But. They're signing up for it. Exactly. And some sometimes it feels good to be sad together. So, yeah. I don't know. Figuring it out.
1: <laughs> What's a song that you look back on as just a joyful moment of creation, like where you find yourself in a place that you didn't expect to be in?
0: Hmm like those early songs the
1: anything cuz i i hear in songs like crying about the planets oh yeah um just a world that you it's like you're always kind of walking through with, like, a flashlight.
0: Yeah, to- that's, that's a really cool image. Yeah, that one came together really well. Like, I was really happy with that because, like, the original idea, like, the finger-picking thing, uh, like, just the progression. Uh, I, like, had a really old voice memo from when we were re- recording AOID in 2014, mm-hmm. and I just found that on my phone in 2016 when Dave and I were demoing for uh, GN. And yeah, and I had been reading about (laughs) these Antarctic explorers right around the same time. And it all just came together very, very easily. And that was like not always the case Um, because sometimes I like tend to labor over things and it becomes like, you know, just I kind of get in my head about it. So, but yeah, that that's definitely an example of that. So many of those memories... uh, just working on songs have happened up at this house in Michigan where we've gotten to demo twice now. Um, well three times we, we just worked on some new tunes there last year. Um, but yeah, so even like Ange, uh, wrote that song up there. Literally that was like the first thing I played on guitar when I like turned on my amp, we like unloaded all our gear and got it set up, turned on my amp. T- tuned down to drop d for some reason which makes no sense because i like never play in drop d and uh-huh. just like played that and it happened like s- it so naturally and uh yeah sometimes the feeling that you have inside comes out in a very clear way uh playing music and writing music and that is something that doesn't happen super often for me so it, it, when it does i like appreciate it you know mm-hmm. um but yeah with Ange and like printer's devil and those songs um definitely felt very like uh i don't know whole from the beginning so that was a a pretty big joy for sure
1: has it always been intuitive working with dave
0: yeah yeah i mean we talk about things like we like use words (laughs) to Uh like discuss parts and stuff but at the same time yeah he like we can play together without you know we can like jam together for a long time and kind of read each other in that way and just play and listen to each other playing music. Uh, That's always been really, it feels very natural. I've always felt comfortable doing that. And I never really, I never really tried with anyone else before him, but also I just feel like uh, so comfortable with him in a way that I like, haven't since I met him, like with other musicians. I mean, to be on, to be fair though, I haven't really like tried you know, with other people to write in the same intimate way that I do with Dave. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he just makes me feel very at ease and, um, uh, yeah, intuitive is a good way to, to say it. I feel like when you have a writing partner or a creative partner in any way, you kind of develop your own language like with them. And, uh, we've definitely had that for a while, still working on it too.
1: Yeah. I mean, now you're in a position where you can create and put it all to a pretty good sounding tape
0: oh da- he is home dave has gotten really good at that that's yeah. been like the thing throughout this pandemic that i'm really probably the most psyched on and like proud of that we haven't really gotten to show anyone yet except for our patrons because <laughs> we record a cover every month um mm. for our patreon but yeah dave has gotten really good at recording um in our basement, which is kind of like the shittiest room ever, but he like has a way of making it sound good um, or great even. So yeah, we've been rehearsing for the past few weeks. We've been rehearsing all new material. Like since we put out the tenure thing transition now into looking forward, which is very exciting. Um, But yeah. And, and so every rehearsal we like record now. And so we can listen back to everything, not just in like a voice memo, but like with like multi-tracks, like solo stuff. And like, it's so so sick so we kind of been working that way and never done that before so that's a huge luxury dude
1: going like back to that idea of just want this for you yeah Talking, the fact that you're able to do that is is so exciting totally and and uh i want to go outside a <laughs> new single and that sounds fucking great
0: thanks we recorded that mostly at home Fuck yes! Yeah, stoked.
1: Dude, take this shit back, yeah. y'all. Make it your own. It's fun. Um, I love the way that that song is. It that's a fucking folk song that oh, reminds yeah. me <laughs> so much of like the beginning, but it's also it's through what your band is now.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, like I will always want to keep writing folk songs, no matter how far in the rock direction we go like Mm -hmm. that is it's kind of a uh like selfish goal of mine but it's kind of my dream to write like the perfect folk song in g because like you know you can do it's weird with just four chords even just three chords cowboy chords you can like there's so much variation there's so many different ways you can attack it Mm -hmm. and there's something about just having that like distilled like Clear message like format in a fork, in a a fork song, in a folk song that's like it's so uh pleasing, (laughs) like appealing to me. So, like, you know, we did Bugs on AOID, which is like one that I like a lot, and then we did GM, love that song, thank you. It's all just part of my quest to like keep writing folk songs in G and try to keep getting to it where it's like so apparent, like you hear it and you're like, yes, this is it, you know what I mean? Because I hear songs like that like, you know, from my favorite writers and it feels, you know, I'm trying to think like, um, even like, uh, from that first Wilco record, what's that one? that's like, shouldn't be ashamed. Shouldn't be ashamed. Is that the title? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's song. like, there's so many, uh, even like forget the flowers. Like there's so many, oh, yeah. that's not in G, but like there's so many folk songs where it's just like, yes, this is what this is. And it repeats and it doesn't feel boring. It's like, yes, I want to hear that again. You know mm. what I mean? Anyway. My goal is to like finally write something that's like that's that for me. Um, and go outside is like the closest that I've felt I've gotten, but I still, I still want to keep I love doing that it. Goal. I want to I keep love going that goal <laughs> so forever. so
1: much. I've been listening to fucking Woody Guthrie songs while nice. I'm like working outside and it's like, Yeah, cool. Tell me about that steam engine. Yeah. That's right. I do agree the fucking workers need to stand up or fascism is going to take over this land.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Amazing, How Right on. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That rules.
1: Well, episode 11, episode 57, episode 66 was the live episode at my... First recording locations. Five years, six recording locations. Damn. Um, that's an evening that I will never forget.
0: Yep. Same. Awesome lineup.
1: We killed it. Milk right?
0: Belly, sincere engineer, Meatwave,
1: sincere engineer Deanna, just yep. being so. <laughs>
0: He's the ner- best.
1: Nervous and She's so. The best. Like. She's always nervous. It, I was like, I never met her before. Really? Yeah. Okay. So Matt Jordan comes
0: over. I might not have either, actually.
1: And um, and I'm like, hey, dude, uh, could you talk to Deanna? I just like, want. is she like good? She's like, she's always tweaking. Yeah. Uh, but like. Yeah,
0: I don't even know if nervous is the right. Yeah, she's just, oh, she's so cool.
1: The best part of that was. you know a few minutes into the interview she just goes is this going well (laughs) (laughs) oh um i couldn't have you over for uh a time like this if i didn't take a, a chance to tell you that um chloe loved you oh yeah and
0: i loved chloe
1: she loved everybody. Um, she really, really, really loved
0: you. We bonded. She was such a sweetheart. I told you about the time when you were like out of town and I like checked on her that one day Mm -hmm. and she couldn't really hear. Uh, and so I like walked in and she was still asleep and I just sat there and like watched her sleep for a little while. And, uh, it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life, you know, um, very peaceful. She, yeah, you could go.
1: I got pretty good at like stepping out of the living room and into the kitchen while she like remained asleep and didn't hear me. Um, I, I have been thinking about her a lot and how much I would How much she would have liked the backyard because she loved being outside. Yeah. Once she got outside, she didn't really (laughs) ever want to like leave. Yeah. Um. But that's something that I'll always think about too. Is that when when you came over, she just moved in with me. She right. She was my mom's dog. And the
0: beginning of the journey. I mean, that was like right when you started the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. When she kind kind of moved in.
1: Yeah, I think the first. Six or seven episodes, uh she hadn't come in yet. Oh, and, okay. And Namdi was was the first time, and I it, I was nervous because I was like, oh, is she gonna like, you know, be wanting attention? Yeah. And she just slept on the bed, and it took me a little while to figure out, like, oh, take a picture of people on the couch with the most photogenic dog yep. in the fucking universe. And I think that, like, I found I find that relatable to uh, a lot of the Rat Boys' origin story of just mm-hmm. like the way things can fall into place, and you can just be, just be grateful. Yep. Um. Totally. I'm stoked that you got to meet Hadley.
0: Oh yes, Hadley is a, a beautiful soul. She mm. is so sweet.
1: She's so... She loves this house. Yeah. She loves...
0: She loves her life, dude. I know. Yeah.
1: Um. She snorts when you pet her the right way. <laughs> I swear to God, that's Chloe.
0: Nice. Well, she's got the, the tracksuit.
1: <laughs> she does. She fits into the tracksuit somehow. Lives on. Uh-huh. Um... So, I didn't really plan uh, anything for for wrapping this up. But I have been looking forward to having you come out here. Me too. Just to hang out. Yeah. And um, this is a great excuse to do it. Um, I have since for years and change been such a fan of the records that you make. Thanks. And they don't stop getting
0: better. I really appreciate that. That's our goal is to keep getting better. So hopefully the next one you'll like even more. <laughs> Who knows?
1: I know that I will. Hopefully. And your the way that I've always thought about you and and Dave and Sean and Marcus and I mean Nami too. I don't. I can't. I don't know if any of the other nine drummers uh, have been on <laughs> before. Fuck. But, um, <laughs> Evan, I, maybe. Oh yeah, Evan. Yeah. Fucking makes that mother evergreen right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jesus, where did that come from? Yep. Um, he a freak for show.
1: Love him. Um, I think with the attachment and the the way that I that I think about about you and and your band and and our friendship and the ties that it has to this, it's always going to be a great thing that keeps getting better. Hell yeah! And your You're the reason anybody listened to that episode of, of that podcast. And that's, that's true to, to this day with everybody who comes, um, and listens the reason that, that y'all come here and I'm not trying to be like fake humble, but it's all, it's, it's all about who I'm talking to. And I am very lucky for the people who have come on here and I appreciate you.
0: I appreciate you too. I mean, I, I would tend to push back on that slightly because like, that's something I've really come to appreciate over this pandemic is like, conversation is an art, truly. Like not everyone can do it and it takes practice and like nuance and I really appreciate the approach that you take with this podcast in how you make I'll just say this I don't think the conversations that you've had with all these different musicians and artists and comedians would uh, feel as nice to listen to if you hadn't made those people feel so comfortable do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you have a really special way of helping people open up and relating to people and that's a gift so I don't want you to ever you know discount that because that's something I hear right off the bat every episode and it's why i keep you know coming back to listen
1: i appreciate that yeah i think
0: i promise i'm not like not lying to you i would not blow smoke up your ass that's a really i'm a fan of here. <laughs> um, it, i oh, man. it's
1: it's
0: a good this thing
1: is, it's a good thing the reason i did this was because i wasn't seeing people yeah, as often yeah and it was like I don't know how to meet people like at shows, but yeah. I I want to be able to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be this like part of me that needs to be like
0: this song. Yeah.
1: You you got to know. Yeah. Um actually Dustin Hayes um from Walter etc said something to me that i i don't mind repeating, um, but it was after the podcast and and he said every time I listen, I feel like you 're talking to your favorite band yeah, and that i i'll take that totally I will take that one thousand percent
0: completely agree
1: and I have gotten to uh i, I i've i've learned of so many of my new favorite bands by doing this and and that's been just wonderful hell yeah um with that now we've got an uncut we're giving tim an easy week uh in terms of the editing process for this (laughs) podcast um also one thing that i've learned gotta take a break yeah just got to and sometimes you don't take one for a very long time and then you say that's it i'm
0: done yeah
1: um i don't think i something some weird like life-changing thing is gonna have to happen for me to stop doing this um that being said gonna take a vacation yes gonna be a few weeks might be a month, month and a half, but. Who knows? I'm looking forward to that.
0: Dude, yeah. Do your thing. Do your thing. Take it easy.
1: Yeah, someone's got to water these plants.
0: <laughs> Might be you.
1: Might be. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute joy. I would love to, anytime you would like to have me or the people out there would like to hear, (laughs) I would be, I'm always stoked to hang. Five more years, Tim. Congrats to five. Let's do another five.
1: Let's fucking do it. We'll see y'all sometime soon. Yes. Thank you, Francis.
0: Love it. Good job.